Have you ever been told that you were stubborn, uncoachable, flat out unleadable? OMG, have you ever felt given up on? Well, what happens to the people that feel that way? And, and who helps those that are essentially tossed out and told that they have no future? Let's talk about it. What's up? What's happening? It's Robert Kennedy the Third, RK3. That's me, and welcome to another episode of the What's My Story podcast. You know the show where we talk about how I got from there to here, where we talk about pivotal moments in people's lives that show how they navigated their path to success. I'm so glad that you're here with me again today for another fantastic episode because we've got great guests. We always do, and we love learning from the stories that they share with us. Do me a favor. If you want to know what's upcoming and what's happening in our space, text me right here. Ba -ba -ba -ba, right there. Text me. 410-936-4049-410. I'm fumbling over my numbers right here, but it's okay. I hope you can read right there because it's right there. 410-936-4049 to figure out what's happening in our world. And I'm hoping that I can figure out my words and figure out my, my, uh, my stuff today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as we say every week as well, if you want to gain visibility, if you are a small business owner and you want to make sure that your world, the world knows a little bit more about your story and you want to be able to get in front of your ideal audience, you want to figure out how to attract them. Do me a favor, join us in the storytellers growth lab, head on over to storytellersgrowthlab.com and just click that join community button and you can you can join us. Lastly, lastly, we've got some stuff that's coming up and I really want to share this with you. We have the Story to Stage Summit and we don't have all of the advertising ready for that yet. You'll see that in just a few days. However, if you want to get on the list, if you want to get on the waiting list to be added to this summit, we want you to text Story to stage to 410-936-4049. Story to stage, no spaces, okay? Story to stage to 410-936-4049. If you want to figure out how to develop your story, how to discover your story, if you want to figure out your brand story for not just yourself, but for your business, if you want to figure out how to take your story to a stage, and what are some of those stages? Podcasts, YouTube. Instagram, you know, if you want to figure out how to broadcast and create greater visibility for your brand and yourself and your products, whatever it is, you want to be able to figure that out by attending the Story to Stage Summit. It's going to be two days, February 22nd and 23rd. We've got some phenomenal presenters. And so I want you to get on the waiting list and be a part of that. Text Story to Stage, no spaces, to 410-936-4049. All right. Well, listen, we have a fantastic episode and fantastic guest, and let's get started with that. My guest today is Kyle Gillette, and he grew up on an orange farm in Central Valley, California, in the Central Valley of California. I, 
I don't know what the, I was going to say Napa Valley, but that's grapes. That's wine. <laughs> All right. Well, when he grew up on this farm, he discovered the importance of hard work and what it's like to be a son in a family owned business. Man, you've got some expectations there, huh? Right. And what it takes to run one. So now he helps business owners figure out how to go from good to great. He's the author of Life Map, Building a Future When You're Lost in the Present. And he's the creator of the Sage Leadership Mindset. Welcome to the show, Kyle. What's your story, my friend? Hey, thank hey, you. Thank great you. Intro, great and intro. And I love what love you're doing, what you're with, doing the with the story to stage, stage stuff. stuff. That, that sounds, sounds really, really interesting. interesting. So I'll have, I'll to, have text to text you and, you and I'll get the I'll number get the right. right. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Abs- well, listen, I, I'm, I'm a former musician myself so i see a little ah. bit of a guitar happening in the background there what what what, you, what what are you playing recently what are you playing today not much, not much. <laughs> i'm playing i'm playing, I'm playing business, business lately, lately. so, so I've, I've, picked I've picked it up recently because my daughter's we had a music themed christmas, christmas and so my daughter's got ukuleles and uh some, some drum drum tubes and so i've been playing the ukulele a little bit and picked up the guitar because i felt guilty about it but i'm i'm nowhere near where i could be if i concentrate on it that's a nice decoration, fun, fun. though. It may, you know, it's some interest yeah, in the background yeah. there. <laughs> for sure. I wish I there wish was more talent, talent, but I also, I also need, need to give it more time, time to get there. My goodness, my goodness. So listen, we talked about your growing up on an orange farm. I said Napa Valley, but um, tell me a little bit about this whole growing up an orange farm, growing up on an orange farm in Cali. What was that like? Yeah, so, yeah, my, so dad my dad started, started uh, it's uh, called Gillette, Gillette Citrus, Citrus uh, in, the, in the 1981, I believe, was when he started, started it. It's the year my, year my sister, sister was born, born which, was which was crazy. crazy. When, when I learned that, that, I thought, wow, wow my, my, my dad, dad started, started a business, business in 81 where he had, had a newborn, a newborn daughter, daughter and, and recently, recently graduated from college, and he just went for it. Which, which, which for, for business, business owners, owners out there, out you know, that that's, that's scary, scary, very scary, scary because, because there was no guaranteed income. income. There was none, none of that going, going on. He was bootstrapped in his own, his business. own business. Eventually, Eventually uh, my, uncle my uncle came along, came along too, too, but, but uh, yeah, he started, yeah, he started that, that. And then, and then I grew up on 40 acres out in the middle of Orange Groves and rode my bike and rode quads and enjoyed life. Had a great time. Wow. So you were pretty much born into this business and, um, what were some of the things as a kid that you saw that really alerted you to some of the different ups and downs or the challenges of business? Yeah, so yeah, in the so orange, in orange industry, industry freezing, freezing temperatures, temperatures are a really, really bad thing. thing. Uh, yeah. it, it, it ultimately ruins, ruins the fruit. fruit. And so, and so uh, in the in middle of the winter, winters, I would see my dad up at one in the morning. Well, I wouldn't see him. I'd be sleeping. But I would see the effects of him being up at one in the morning through till early in the in the mid-morning and then sleep in the middle of the day and then have to get back to work anyway. So he'd work 18, 19, 20 hour days sometimes in the winter. Uh, uh, and, I and I also saw, saw the effects, effects of, of how, how much he studied, he studied and, how, and how hard he worked, worked to, to get the best, the best he could at his craft. craft. I, I, I can I see him sitting in his green, green lazy boy, boy chair, chair with a book, book in his hand while we're watching, watching TV, TV and he's, he's just, just reading book, book after book after book, book, after book, book. book. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying uh, to learn his craft and also learn the world, you know, because you need to know the world when it comes to business. And and that's what that's he would, what he would do. do. So that, so that was, instilled was instilled into me, into me that, that learning mentality, that uh, constantly pressing into things. things. And, and I guess the I guess other the thing that really jumps out is he was, he was always, always up early, early, you know, five in the morning, five thirty in the morning, just getting going, going and grinding away at, at work. But he loved the job and he still loves the job today, which is remarkable after as many years as he's been doing it. Yeah. So how did that influence your 
perception of what it's like to own a business. I know some of what you do now is coaching business owners. So, uh, so in your mind, seeing this, seeing the way that your dad operated, you know, how, how did you envision, you know, what did, what was business supposed to be like for you? Yeah, yeah, it took it me a while, a while to, realize to realize that vacation, that vacation is okay. Is okay. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> to take a break. Uh, you don't uh, take, a, take a, a weekend and not focus, focus at all or try not to think at all about your business. business. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, it really but it really helped, helped me, me to see that, that work, work is, is something, something that's going to make, make you and get you results. But you have to be consistent and you have to go after it. And so for me, that's created this opportunity for me to do some writing, to get coaching clients. To, to continue, continue to produce, to produce, produce over, and over and over and over again, again without, without uh, really, uh, feeling really feeling the burden, the burden of, the of the work because I, I grew up with, with the idea that you just work, 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 you get the work, get the work done, done and you keep, keep grinding. grinding. And, and as a result of being loyal and honest and consistent in your work, you're going to get results. And that's that's kind of what happened for me. Wow. So we started out the show asking about people who were uncoachable unleadable and you have this place in your story where you were introduced to a men's mentoring program. Tell us about the background of that. What was it that caused you to be introduced to this program in the first place? Yeah. So this was was back back when I was, was, uh, uh, let's see, 22 years old and I was, Oh man, man. I was in college college and I was a kinesiology major major. at Mm. Cal Poly. I don't know if people are familiar with Cal Poly or not. It's out on the coast. So before you go further, tell people what on earth a kinesiology major. Sure. sure. (laughs) Kinesiology (laughs) means the study of movement. And so the way people can remember is exercise science or physical education, PE teacher. Okay. Uh, my goal at the time was to become a physical therapist and did some things that helped me realize that's not what I wanted to do. But, but, I remember, I remember a particular, a particular conversation, conversation I had with my parents. With parents. The, 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 the week, week before, before, a couple, a couple days before, before, I went, went on, a on a hike with my, with my, with my friends. friends. Right. And, there's and there's this peak there's called Bishop's Peak in San Luis Obispo. It's, it's this really beautiful, beautiful view of the whole surrounding, surrounding area. area. It's, it's just gorgeous. gorgeous. You can even you see the Pacific Ocean from the top of the mountain. So people climbed it all the time, and I climbed it all the time. And, and friend, friends, some friends and I decided that we're going to go off trail instead of staying on trail. Well, the result of that was I got covered in poison oak and I'm pretty dang allergic to poison oak. So I was from ankle to neck covered in poison oak. It was, it was, it was terrible, super itchy, but it was, it was a metaphor for where I was in life because at the time I was living in an apartment with some friends, having a good time, but I was 30 pounds overweight, very confused about what I was going to do with my future. And I was on the phone with my parents sitting at this, this big desk in the apartment in a chair similar to this one. I have this executive chair just sitting there going, mom, dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm behind in school because somehow I messed up on my units. And so I was behind in school and I was never very good at school. And so, and so I was terrified. I was terrified. Ultimately, Ultimately, I was just I was terrified. terrified. And I had to make, had to make up a ton of time, time and, and uh, didn't, didn't, know, didn't know what to, know what to do, do, but I just continued to work, continued to grind, decided to quit eating sugar, decided to change my diet. diet. So, so that, that helped me big time. And prior to that experience, hiking, prior to the conversation with my parents, I'd gone on a, a, a trip to mission to, mission to, to uh, India, India with, with, with my with church. church. And, and there was a guy named John on that trip from the church, church as, well. as well. And we, we connected, connected really well. well. And he, he 
found out that I was looking for work after college and trying to figure out what to do with myself. And he called me up and said, hey, would you be interested in interviewing at this mentoring program? And so I said, yes. Uh, and it's all paused there, pause there. Uh, uh, for the, the for the story, story. but, but that's, <laughs> that was the point I was just this complete dumpster fire of a human being in the moment, yeah. in the moment, and very, and very lost. lost. Wow, wow. So you are at this place. You're you're lost, and you get involved in this group. I'm assuming at the prompting of of John a little bit, um, and inside of this group. It's kind of like one of those, uh, not bad news bears, but but maybe misfits or people who are thought of in right. a certain way. So tell us what kind of clicks for you in this group that now makes you decide, okay, yeah, I need to do something a little bit different in my space or I need to do something different with my life because you're coming from the space of, oh my gosh, I have no idea where I want to go. I have <laughs> yes. no idea what I want to do. What is it that causes things to click or change gears for you a little bit here? Yeah, so yeah, he so invited he me to interview, interview to be, to be a, what's, what's called a house leader, leader at the program. program. And, and, basically and basically, you lived, lived in this facility, in facility with up to up six, six other guys, guys plus another uh, house leader, and you helped, and you them, helped them, them, those guys, guys get their lives on track. track. And so, so the executive director and the president of the program invited me to an interview. And I remember driving on a facility. It was a 40-acre property with this creek that ran through it. You drive over this bridge. And then as soon as you cross the bridge, there's these chain link fences with dogs barking at you because they ran a pet resort support program. And then you drive in a little further and there's this idyllic view of this this house built in 1885. It's this beautiful square white farmhouse with a wraparound porch and steps leading up to it. So I parked my Honda Civic next to the American flag and I'm like, wow, wow, this place, this place is, is, this is this like is perfect. perfect. Hop out and I walk, walk into this room, room and it's, and it's, it's a little bit grungy. grungy. It's, yeah. this it's this living room that's room kind of grungy, grungy with this with giant, giant entertainment center. I don't know if you remember the entertainment centers from the 80s. Yep. They're, just, they're just huge, huge and you put those, you put those big box, box TVs, TVs in them. In them. Yep. So I had so that with that on the shelves and blue couch, sit down on this blue couch and the other two gentlemen are across from me and there's a table in front of us. So I sit so down in the, the interview, interview. It's, like it's like about an hour long, long interview, interview and about 30, 30 minutes, minutes or so, so in, in, I feel, I feel like, like my body, body is being pulled into the couch, couch. just, just sucked, sucked in, pulled in, in like, like this, this is where you where belong is what the, the, the experience was uh, in that, in that, that moment. moment. And, and just towards the end of the interview, the president asked me, so Kyle, do you want this job? Like, wait a second. I just met you. I'm just interviewing with you. And, and, I hardly, I hardly know anything, anything about, about this. this. That's what's That's running what's through, through my head. My head. Yeah. But then and I answered. I, answer, I said, well, I feel, I feel like, like the couch, couch is pulling me to stay. To stay. And, I, and, and then I accepted the job right on the spot. Right on the spot. And so, so what that meant was, was I gave up my living situation. situation. I moved in to live with these guys that were, quote, misfits, out of, you know, out of sorts in life. And I helped them learn life skills and job skills. But it was a crazy experience just just. I belonged. I belonged. And then I and stayed then I there stayed for the there next nine years, years doing, doing various, various things. things. And we can, wow. we can, we can, we can go we'll into go that into later. That but, wow. but, so I want to ask this question and we're going to take a break before you answer it, but how do you help misfits when you yourself feel like a misfit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want you to hold on to that. Let's take a quick commercial break. Are you a content creator, speaker, or thought leader? Do you pull your hair out every time you try to edit a video or get really disappointed when your videos don't get the views you're hoping for? It's okay to admit that you need help. 
If you're ready to stop wasting time and start spreading your message, it's nice to meet you. I'm Kayla O'Brien of Kayla O'Brien Media. I help creators in a variety of businesses get a foolproof game plan for their video content. Does that sound like something you want? No matter where you're starting from today, you need to know what your goals are, how to get the highest production value, and how to edit your content to fit correctly on each platform. No matter what your budget, there are options that can help you get started today. If you're ready to take your content creation experience from this to this, visit KaylaO'BrienMedia.com and let's connect. Kayla O'Brien Media, if you want to make sure that your business or your video goes from good to great, if you want to make sure that maybe your video goes from non-existent to excellent and impactful, make sure that you contact Kayla O'Brien at KaylaO'BrienMedia.com. She'll get you right. Let's jump back into this story with Kyle. So Kyle, you are leading this group of people or you're, you're given this job to work with people who are seen as uncoachable, unleadable, misfits in some way. But yet, you kind of felt the same way, mentally at least, in, in your own life. So how does somebody who's seen or thinks or feels like a misfit lead other people who are already labeled misfits? Yeah, I yeah, think, I the, think short, the short, the very short, short answer, answer is, is, is you, you act, act like, like you don't. You, don't. you, you act, act like you're not a misfit. You, you act like you haven't figured out. out. And, and fortunately, I had some fantastic mentorship during the whole time I was at that program. For nine years, I was mentored every single, I think it was Tuesdays, if I remember correctly. Every Tuesday, I'd have lunch with the president of the program, and he would mentor me throughout the whole thing. And it was just remarkable to have that type of Support, support, let's call it. Let's call it. But, for but for me, I, I, admitted, I admitted it. it. I, admitted I admitted that, you know, that, you know I, I, don't I don't have, have all the answers, answers for these guys. These guys. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot, a lot of, of them came, came in with drug and alcohol, alcohol histories, and I, I really have hardly any of that in my background. background. And, and so they, they came, came in with addictions that I had no idea. I didn't understand them. They came in with alcohol situations and abuse and problems with family and stuff like that that I had really no experience with. So I felt very out of place. But but. I was a, I was stabilizing, a stabilizing, stabilizing force for them. For them. And, and the thing, the thing that, that, that I learned, uh, probably the one, one of the biggest, biggest lessons, lessons was listening. Was listening. Because, because I didn't, I didn't have, the have the answers, answers one of my, my only choices was, was to, listen to listen and to, and to go, go to resources, resources and sources that did have answers, answers for, them. for them. So, so books, books, videos, uh, conferences, conferences, that kind of stuff that, that they could they participate in and I can help facilitate. But we used to do this thing called 10-Minute Tuesdays. And... There's a There's student, student called Joe, Joe, and, and every, every he, 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 he and I did he not, get, not along. get along. At one point, At one point he, he, I was I asking, asking him to clean, clean, clean up the bathroom, bathroom. And, and he was taking was forever, forever to clean up the bathroom. bathroom. So, so I walked around the outside, outside of that White, White House he was referring to, to and knocked, and knocked on, the, on, on the window, window and said, Joe, I need the broom. I need to sweep too. And he flipped me off and then, and then kept on, kept on sweeping. And then I knocked on the window again. And then, and he, then he, he, he looked at me, at me and he, and he just, he, he like growled or scowled or something. And then he, and then he slammed, slammed his fist, fist through the window, the window hit my hit face with glass, glass and cut his hand pretty bad. Wow. So he, so he, he and I didn't, didn't really, really see eye to eye. eye. But the but beauty, beauty of it was, was every Tuesday, we, he and I and then other students one-to-one would meet in a room and sit on this futon about four feet apart. And I'd ask him, how's your day? How are you doing? 
And the and other guys the other would guys talk to me and tell me what's, what's going, going on, on, but he but wouldn't. He would. So the first, the first time, time I asked that question, question set a timer time for 10 minutes, minutes and we sat there and sat for 10 minutes. It was, it was the, the longest 10 minutes of my entire life. The next week rolls around, we do it again. I asked the question, I asked the question again, we sit there for 10 minutes, he doesn't respond. I, I, I almost gave up. up. I was like, I was like what, 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 this, this isn't going to work. work. This guy's this never going to talk to me. The third time we sit down, I ask him a question. After like a minute or so, he starts to talk to me and he opens up. And then that was the beginning of a relationship with this guy that had terrible, terrible abuse in his life. He didn't have any of the drug or alcohol history, but he had some terrible abuse. So he was very, very quiet. In a given week, he might say a hundred words. He's so quiet but then, but then he opened, he opened up, up to me, to me. And, and later i would, I would see him, him in, in uh, his, hometown, his hometown and i didn't, and I didn't know, know that he was, he was there. there i was at, I was at, a, at a, i think it was at a fair or something like that and he just said he ran up to me and gave me a big hug so from breaking glass over my face to giving me a hug listening was the biggest thing for me in that program i finally learned how to shut up and pay attention to what's going on with the person not only in the words but their actions wow Wow. So this is fantastic. This is amazing. How, how do you then, or how does this program lead you to the foundation of, of what it is that you're doing now? Because now you, you move on from mentoring young or troubled misfits into mentoring in some ways, business owners who may feel like misfits (laughs) have, have no idea what they're doing or how to grow from one stage to the next. So how did this program really, really form the foundation for you? Yeah. So there was three three questions questions that we asked the guys. guys. Every one of them had to answer these three questions based on six areas of life. And I won't go into all the details, but they had to answer those three questions in order to leave the program and create a six month plan answering those questions. So the primary questions were, where am I? Where do I want to go and how do I get there? So similar to what we're talking about on the show and your kind of your tagline a little bit there. And in the middle of being in this program, my wife and I met my wife, got married, we had a child and then had another child. And my oldest was starting to get to the age where she's going to go to school. And we decided that we didn't want my our kids to go to school in that area. And I had to decide for my family and her family basically where we're going to move. Because her family was up in Washington where we are and then my family was in in the Central Central Valley. Valley. Mm -hmm. Long story short, short, made the decision decision to move up here. But but when I made that decision, I said in my heart, and I said to God, I said, if I'm going to have the type of, if we're going to move, I want to have the type of impact that I'm having with these men on people in Washington. Like that was my heart's desire. And so with that in my heart, we moved. We moved up to Washington. I didn't have a job. My wife didn't have a job, but we had a place to live because we stayed with landlords for a few months. And, and we sold we sold, sold our sold house, house in, uh, in uh, the area, so we had so we some had finances. finances. But that was that was, that was that the heart behind the move, the move because, because it just made it sense just to be close to her family, family but, also but also I wanted to have the impact, impact uh, that I had uh, down there, there up here, up here as, well. as well. Wow, wow! So you've got this program now that kind of came out of all of that, and and I know from personal experience about what it means to. Um, be somewhere with, with a family, with young kids <laughs> and not have employment or not have a job and kind of having to create your, your own thing. So tell us a little bit about what you begin to do now. You leave your comfort zone, as it were, and yep, yep. now you're in this new space. Yeah, you've got a place to live. You've got shelter. But, you know, you're a dad, you're a father, you're a husband, you're a man. And you're kind of like, OK, 
what, what's next? What, so what, what, what do you begin to do now? Yeah, so, yeah, it, so felt it felt like, like and it was, it was roughly, roughly 10 years, years since that conversation, conversation I had with my parents, parents, you know, roughly. roughly. And, and I felt I like I was like back to square, square one because, because I applied to 50 jobs before I finally landed an opportunity to work at a senior living facility. And then that was a terrible, terrible experience. And so I quit that job after like four or five months. And then I applied for 40 more jobs. And then I finally got a job working at a church as an HR director. So it's a big church in the area that's like 3,000 members. And so it was lots of responsibilities. So it was a great opportunity to, you know, shape my chops as relates to leadership and all that kind of stuff. But But after after working there for a couple couple years, years, I had gotten gotten exposed exposed to the the assessment assessment world. world. And And, uh, uh, if your audience is familiar with DISC, they'll they'll know, they'll know that this is a really, really powerful, powerful tool for, for leadership, leadership development, development and hiring, hiring all kinds of things. things and i i, I, happen, I happen to be to pretty, pretty naturally gifted at using that tool very intuitive with people and so, and so i went I wait a second, second what if i took this tool and started, and started doing workshops trainings coaching around it or with it so that i can run a business based on this and so i did i started a business based on that thought signed a couple five-figure contracts which was a you know amazing to me to start that way and partway through the first few months of the business i realized that i i can't just rely on a tool that's not my own and i needed to create my own tool and i went back to the thought of i want to make the impact that i had on the people in the alpha academy that program i was a part of through my business and instead of students that are 18 and 25 years old i wanted to impact business owners entrepreneurs that felt lost in the present and they wanted to get clarity around their future and the future of the business, all that, all that world. And so I started to work on a leadership acronym because I love acronyms. It makes things for me a lot easier to remember. And I'd spent probably three months trying to come up with something and, and nothing came to me. It, it kept on being acronyms that didn't make any sense. Like two S is a T and an R and it, it just, it, it wasn't going to be memorable, but I knew I wanted support. I knew I wanted accountability and a couple other things. Yeah. And one one night my wife was working. She's she's a nurse and she was doing the night shift. So I'm laying in bed by myself asleep and I wake up and I hear a voice that says self-awareness and I go, oh, my gosh, that's it. And so I jump out of bed I'm just in my boxers. I run to the kitchen and I'm sitting at the kitchen table shivering <laughs> as I'm scribbling down the beginning of the Sage yeah. leadership framework. And that that was the the impetus to start my business as it is now and also all the things that I've done as it relates to Sage since then. Wow. Wow. So you are at the place where you really you really help business owners go from good to great. And what is it that you're teaching now that is different from what you learned as a kid watching your dad in his own business? What, what are some of the differences that you've had to navigate? Yeah, I think one of the big differences is that what I didn't see about my dad and now that I know is the systemization of, <clears throat> of what he was doing and what business owners need to do as well. Uh, I also have learned that mindset is enormous. Uh, mm-hmm. Your attitude about your goals, your attitude about yourself, about your team, about the industry, all those things matters. And then the habits that you deploy into your leadership and into your business matter as well. And so the work that I'm doing now is is, is kind of a reflection of what my dad did intuitively. Yeah. I've just described it out. And it's also a reflection of what a lot of us have done intuitively as well. You know, we, we develop 
good mindsets. We develop good habits and bad ones <laughs> as well. Yeah. And then if you document and track these types of things, then you create systems that are repeatable and also easier to plug new people into those systems to create uh, sustained and reliable, let's call it success. Love it. Love it. Love it. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on. I mean, you've got sagemindset.com. We're sending people there. Uh, what are some of the things that you do to help people? Where can they find you? And what is the big thing that they need to contact you for to, to help them? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the, the thing that I'm doing right now is, is uh, what I call the Sage Business Blueprint. And it's taking the Sage model, and, and I'll describe it briefly, which is self-awareness, accountability, growth, and empowerment. And the way that I describe the model is it's like a leadership house. You need to have all four of those pillars in your leadership house in order to find success and sustain success in your business. So self-awareness is the, 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 the foundation, the foundation to leadership. The stronger that foundation, the more reinforced it is, the, the larger, your, the, the more impactful your leadership can be. Accountability is the nails that holds everything together. Without accountability, your leadership house is going to crumble. I don't care how good you are at everything else, without that accountability, it's gonna fall apart. Growth is the, is the, the uh, roof and the walls. So this is the structure of your leadership. It is what people come under. It is the protection that they have by being under you. It is the support that they have by being under you. And then finally, empowerment's the windows and doors. And this gives people the opportunity to see into your leadership, step into your leadership. But also, if you're, if you're doing a great job leading, you're going to give them opportunities to see out of your leadership and step out of your leadership and do their own thing. And so for me, uh, what I'm doing is helping people walk through this three-phase process of understanding their, themselves as a leader. Who are they as a leader? What do they need to do as a leader to succeed? Understanding the accountability that they need to get into place for themselves and for their business, building the systems so that their business can grow and then ultimately empowering themselves and those around them to make this whole three-phase process repeatable. Because once you grow a little bit, you need to start all over again and look at, okay, who am I now yeah. that I've gotten to this phase? What do I need to do with my goals now that I'm at this phase? How does my accountability change? what growth, what systems are going to change so I can continue to grow myself and my business, so on and so forth, right? So it's this really fun, iterative, repeated process that guarantees results because you're tracking everything along the way. So this program is designed for entrepreneurs that are looking to grow their business. Uh, and maybe they've, they've hit this snag of, I put this work in, but it's not getting anywhere, or they're overwhelmed and overworked, like so many <laughs> small business owners, unfortunately. Yeah. And then I help them to to pull that all back and to focus on what's most important so they can get to that goal of business growth and time freedom. I love it. I love it. Kyle, it's been fantastic having you on the show, man. I love all of the information that you've shared and I've loved seeing the growth in your story from the orange farm to, yeah. I was, I was going to try to come up with something clever to the sage farm. I don't know. <laughs> 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 All right. But listen, hang out in the green room for a couple of seconds while we wrap up this episode. Listen, it is a fantastic thing when you can understand that life doesn't end in one place. When you have a perception or you have a perspective at one piece of life, and then you're able to grow and see that perspective come to, to bear or see that perspective shift. It's amazing when you're in a space where maybe you label yourself one way and others label you that way as well. 
when you're able to open up or be able to see something new, some new possibility, some new potential for yourself, and maybe even like Kyle, hear a voice that says, this is the way that you should go. It's a new year. It's 2022. And if you are a little bit confused, if you lack a little bit of clarity, if things seem a bit cloudy to you, I just want to encourage you to hang in there. I just want to encourage you to seek mentorship. I want to encourage you to look for that guide, that mentor, that Sherpa that can help you navigate the way to your better story. And don't worry about the story. Don't worry about the experiences. There may be a little bit of pain. There may be a little bit of frustration. There may be a little bit of hurt in some of it. But all of that comes together because as we say at the end of every episode, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story deserves a stage. Tell somebody. I'll see you on the next episode of the What's My Story podcast. Peace. What's my story?